All right, I guess we're recording this now. Hooray! Hey, hope this sounds good. We don't know. Let's start the show, shall we? Welcome to a podcast, Jordan Haas. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. Yep, it's a ramble episode. You can tell from that lo-fi beat. Uh, so, uh, it's been a long time. Almost a full month. I, I, I couldn't really get any episodes going. Uh, so I don't even know if I will even be able to make a full hour, to be honest, because I'm doing this while my mom's going to physical therapy done. I couldn't run at any point because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, so, uh, thanks for all the kind words for my mom's health. We should be okay. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I got myself a Rain Inferno. Red Dragon's really good flavor. It's like a fruit punch dragon fruit thing. Really good. Uh, so, anyway, um, strike is still going on. Rider strike, SAG after. Now it's going to expand into video games and probably a lot more. Uh, essentially, everybody's pretty much about to go on strike. This includes nurses. This includes some teachers in certain states. It's getting really brutal out there. Um, and I think. We don't really want to make this a full-on political episode because <laughs> I don't have much time. But I just think it, it should be a sign that the economy is not working for everybody and now everyone who's pretty much working class to middle class is suffering in the process. And, well, I'm in the fun entertainment television area. A lot of people who, are, who need help are also getting affected by this shit in economy. And um, I just want to say that this is not just the fault of Democrats like Joe Biden and piece of shit. This is the fault of also a House of Representatives, a Senate, and obviously the fucking Supreme Court. A lot of these things have been done for decades. You can blame pretty much every party and almost every president, especially those that decide to just bankrupt the economy by going into wars when they could be helping out the people with, say, housing or programs or economic benefits or something. But no, we won't. Because we gotta fuel the Lockheed Martin stock or something. Anyway. Game shows. We've been, um... I've been talking about game shows a while. Uh, game shows, I suppose, has finished up its game show network rundown. I'm exhausted. I thought I would, by the time be in September, have some time to actually record some more episodes. I have things like Nickelodeon game shows I want to talk about. I have things like um, Beat the Clock I haven't even gotten to. 
and just the, the expansion of fast channels uh, being on the list. New game shows coming up in a few weeks. Uh, so I'm a little bit uh, squirrely right now, to say the least, but I was managed to upload a new episode about internet game shows that uh, I would say is not the best episode. I think if I had more time to research or edit or explain, I would probably say it would be one of my better episodes, but it's a four out of five. Um, but it, it to me, it fell into a lot of the talking points I was talking about in earlier episodes this uh, season about uh, internet and content and internet game shows and what's the code, what's the crack, how do you fix it? And I gave four great examples of shows that do work. Uh, so please give those a try. Uh, it's It's been really rough. I, I, I wanted to really full on say this. I have been out of the loop. I have not touched a controller in over a month. I take that back. I played for, for 10 minutes the Karatika game from Digital Eclipse. Because I like Karatika, and I love the fact that the Atari 50 came out, and then they're doing like almost like their own take on the Criterion Collection, where it's an important game in history, why is it important, and a backstory about it, almost like what Noclip does. And I love that with Digital Eclipse, and I think that should be the direction that they go with their company. I hate to be like, they should really do, but... It really was, like, for the few minutes I've played of the game, I love that interactive documentary feel where you can play a game. There's director's commentary from the creators of the game and from Digital Eclipse Mike Mika. Shout out to Mike. It's, to me, one of the better games to have come out. I have not played Baldur's Gate. I, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's fucking everybody. It's just a fuck fest. Uh, I'm sure people are playing Starfield, Starfield, and getting a lasagna. Uh, for me personally, I look at that game and I just think No Man's Sky. I just keep thinking No Man's Sky, watching any footage of that game that I can't really feel obligated to. Boy, I want to play, play that game, even though it's the big up and coming game. Uh, and game video games are very weird like that because I know we have like a subculture of people who just have to play every new game out there because maybe they're a game journalist, air quotes, or because they're a Twitch streamer and you always have to do what's new and trendy because that's what's new and trendy and you want to still stay above and all those things because that's what social media does, especially when you get to the second half. For the first half, it's you try to build your audience and try to get to that you've made it, air quotes. But then the second half is once you've made it, you have to stay on float. So you're starting to get paranoid. Who's attacking me? Who's doing what? What do the comments say? What's going on here? And you you end up losing yourself. And you end up sometimes having a huge ego or just having a meltdown over the most bizarre shit. So for a Twitch streamer, most of the time it's all oh, there's this one or two games that I'm really good at and really love to play. Or I've made my niche. I do horror games. I do uh, role-playing games. And then something comes out, and hey, I'm going to play the new game. And then it, it's either a sponsored stream and they play it for a day and then never again. Or they play it for a couple of weeks, they beat the game, and then that's it. Because they're just rushing to beat it. So I have not really gotten into the loop. I don't feel obligated to play Baldur's Gate or Starfield. 
Um, but uh, from what I'm seeing, it's okay. It's fine. I was going to do a third-person review of those games, but it just... It doesn't really excite me that much. <laughs> and I feel like, well, people seem to like it a lot. They love Baldur's Gate because of its uh, design, and they certainly love the customization options on, on Starfield, even though there's a lot of bugs because, hey, it's from the people who make Fallout. No shit. Uh, it, it's, it's very... Uh, wild and then what you see is then you get through all of the fucking dumb shitty thoughts because that's how the internet works so you get like uh one of the gamer gate weirdos failed failed wrestling critique guy getting pissed about pronouns in starfield and going i'm not gonna play this game i'm british blah 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 and at the same time, most video games fucking have like a what's your gender situation, and that and that's not even like a full-on minutia thing. Everyone can say what about non-binary folks, what about people who don't refer to a pronoun, all that shit. Yeah, okay, but just in the generic style of, it's very ridiculous, and I think it's just uh, a guy wanting to be an angry video game nerd ripoff. I have to keep reminding people of this. We're now, we are so broken in media critique, everybody's trying to do Angry Video Game Nerd. Everyone's trying to do the, what the fuckity shit is this fuckity shit? Fuckity, oh god, fuck this thing. But because everyone's doing, because that's what gets the rage clicks, enragement is engagement, uh, you end up with the dumbest takes imaginable. That it feels like we're seeing a resurgence of nostalgia critic. And then I'm sitting back here going, oh god, not this fucking shit again. I, I, I left that game decades ago, and now you're all just fucking doing this shit again. But for the worst takes, like, oh my god, a woman in a game. Oh my god, there's a black person being casted. It's just ridiculous. And, and then what you see is then people trying to go into the internet world and fucking up horribly. Like, for instance, Bill Maher. Um, I do not like Bill Maher. I think Bill Maher... Uh, his peak was 1997. Politically incorrect on ABC. ABC went, yeah, fuck this shit, get the fuck out, and ended up on HBO with real time. He has a cool, catchy theme song that do, 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 but that's it. He is out of touch. He is essentially, I would say, probably, I would even probably think people like fucking Dennis Miller are more liberal than Bill Maher. And they, they do, like, conservative talk radio on Fox News. Because Bill is very out of touch. He's a very old comedian. It's a fuck you, got mine style of Democrat. And he has this podcast, I guess? Is it a YouTube show? With horrible camera angles at what I assume is, like, his basement? If he has a basement? But if it is, he has really bad camera placement for the basement show. He has a couch he could have easily put the camera by to be a lot wider of a space. And he he then goes and says, well, the writers don't deserve shit. Because the streamers, it's too late. But at the same time, I don't think so. I think now is the time. Even if the streamers have all this content in the world, 
it, it doesn't mean shit because eventually new shit has to be created. It, you could have two years worth of shit, but that means there's two years worth of striking. Um, and also, it's very funny that Bill basically just threw all of his writers for his comedy talk show under the bus. Uh, I do not know who the fuck would work for that guy. <laughs> uh, uh, you must be getting a really big bonus having to suffer through Bill Maher. Uh, and at the same time, it, that's not the show HBO promotes. They promote fucking Last Week Tonight with, with uh, John Oliver. And uh, currently, there's a podcast going on called Strike Force 5 with John and Stephen Colbert and Seth Meyers and Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, and it's an interesting podcast they all talk over each other trying to be the funny guy and trying to one-up each other's jokes it is probably the best encapsulation of late night comedy in general but at the same time a great reinvention of late night comedy almost like a uh a meeting of the minds because normally they would be at f they have to be at each other's throats because you want to win 11 30 and it's oh, in the emmys and here they are just just shit talking each other and it's very fun um you, it's a different time the strike L last time a strike happened it was like Col conan o'brien spinning his wedding ring and uh who made huckabee <laughs> remember who made huckabee <laughs> oh where am that my huckabee guy huh hey john you want to take credit for my huckabee hey uh colbert you want to take credit for my huckabee how about conan Oh, Conan, you want to take credit for Mike Huckabee? Hopefully not. Um, so, uh, I I just think we're, we're, we're at this weird point where streaming is the, obviously where everything's headed. It's not, it's probably, I think I just read that that's now where most people watch their shit is YouTube and Hulu and Netflix and all that shit. And I said on the internet game show episode that the streaming content things the nebulas and dropouts that's the future things should be headed towards this creator contented world it's almost like a commune situation uh, for content and i think that's really fun because that's what you you get creators creating dream projects like jet lag or projects that are a little bit cheaper but very uh, heartfelt like game changer that becomes this exciting world. And I think that should be where things are headed is this creator influence society thing. And at the same time, you wanna see a lot of legit ass productions, movies, TV shows, etc. I think people will still watch late night talk shows. It's just late night, it's gonna be whenever you feel like. There's no set date to watch a late night talk show. Um, I think that's going to be the, the future. Someone has to come up with what is that anytime late night talk show format to work. So far, what you see is things like hot ones or expanded upon segments from late night talk shows like the Colbert questionnaire. And I, I think it's still possible, just like game shows. Someone has to crack that code and it could work on the Internet. Uh, we're already trying to find that with animation because there's a lot of up-and-coming animators and they still want to have a portfolio of work. But what do you do when Newgrounds is pretty much just uh, a dead duck in the water, pretty much? Because Flash... No one uses Flash. She's like Tomb Boom. 
Do they still use Toon Boom? Or do they use Anime Ninja? Anyway, uh, it's, it's a, it's, it's gonna be a weird thing where a lot of people are gonna be up and coming. I think, however, a major challenge, a major hurdle is gonna be pay. Because I don't think people are gonna get paid as well as it used to be back in the day. And I think that's gonna be all across the board. It doesn't matter if you're at Disney doing a Star Wars project or you're a star of a Marvel movie, unless it's a fucking in theaters Marvel thing and a TV show that ends up in a fucking cable. But cable's dying, so it's, I don't know. I really don't know how to handle a lot of the stuff going on. If streaming's away, then maybe we should work a deal that streaming gets paid the same way as a TV channel in a movie. That's just me. Uh, so, I, I am going to do something I, I said I wouldn't do, but I want to. Uh, and let's talk about uh, streaming shows and TV shows. Because uh, I, I, apparently when, when I say something, it's a promotion. And, and uh, the sag after guidelines say, don't do that. You're, you're, basically, uh, you're basically doing the equivalent of uh, scabbing because you're doing promotional work. However, I will argue I am not in the union. And I'll also argue you guys didn't really tell me much of what to do when it came to the game shows podcast. So who knows if the, what I'm doing is scabbing or not. You guys are really bad at communication on my side of the coin. So I gotta now take off my I'm a writer host hat and play into the journalism side of things, which is kind of what most people associate, is that, that criticism and critique. Uh, so, so remember, this is uh, the, the views represented by this podcast are those of Jordan and not pre-union uh, whatever scab work. Uh, so, I watched Star Wars Ashokska? Ashoka. And... I I'm just gonna say it. I don't I didn't like it. I I I here's the thing. I don't like it, but only because I don't feel committed. I I never grew up watching Clone Wars. I I don't. I've never really cared for the cartoon or the, the that little mini animated movie. It's cool. There's a live action version of the character, but to me it just continuous feeling like Star Wars expanded universe kind of things and while Andor was great because it was basically a political thriller this just feels like a Star Wars movie this just feels like they just made a four hour long Star Wars movie and it's a Disney Star Wars movie and I just went I'm just I don't know most of this shit but hey cool white lightsaber neat I hope they sell that at the at the fucking Galaxy's Edge for 150 bucks. And I hope I hope we continue feed Disney as they continue to say that writers don't matter and actors shouldn't get paid for streaming as much. Just like JPEG probably would have said. Just like how Eisner would have said. Because it's Disney. You're watching the AMPTP. Additionally, I watched One Piece. Uh, I predicted I said it would be fine. 
I thought it'd be a fine show. People would like it. There'll be some discourse because of wokeness with the casting. I'm sure that's existed. I didn't fucking pay attention to that shit. I, I, I just wanted to see the One Piece live action. And I will say it's the best anime adaptation. It's the best. I would I will say now it's better than Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop to me was the best one until One Piece came along. The reason One Piece live action works is besides it being faithful, not one to one because you can't, you have to t- skip a lot of moments and reinvent certain things like Nami. It's the fact that they kind of perfected, like in about 20 minutes, why people should care about Luffy wanting to be king of the pirates. And it, essentially, it's not a, pi- even though there's pirate ships and there's sword fighting and there's guns and and all this violence going on in bloodshed it's pirate thing is just sort of just the theming you kind of already get really right ahead it's more of a lot of different things happening at once through the world of pirates and that's and that's hard to do you get you have luffy with the gum gum fruit and when you see like the four kids thing and it's just the gum gum and all this kind of shit it's cartoonish to the point of insanity. And when we read the manga or the comic book, it's like, oh, that's cool. But here is, like, when they interpret it here, it's just, he knows he's just fucking rubber and he's just fucking having, he's being like a little uh, joke, jovial about it. And he just wants to care for everybody. Like, that's the Luffy in this, in this show. It's, he wants everybody to follow their dreams because he wants to follow his dreams. So it's like almost like the Kamina in uh, Gurren Lagann. It's the believe the Kamina who believes in you. It's believe the Luffy that believes in you with pirates. Uh, and you get a story of Shanks and you get a story of uh, the Marines. And then you hear, and basically every episode's like a mini introduction to one of the core characters. So you get Sanji's backstory. You get Zoro's backstory. You get Nami's backstory. You get Usopp's backstory. Somewhat, not fully. And you end up learning about the villain. So Buggy is in it. And uh, Ehawk shows up at the last half of the of the season. And uh, they do the fucking Marvel movie thing with Smoker. Spoiler, Smoker's not in this until the last scene in the last act. I know. What a spoiler. This is going to fucking piss off everybody on the internet. Smoker exists. Uh, But it was really good. The reason it's really good is while it was doing all of these little introductions to the movie, in the movie, the TV show, it's able to actually develop into a story arc. What's going on? Luffy wants to go to the Grand Line because that's the start of being a pirate. Luffy wants to be taken seriously as a pirate. And then you see a Kobe's dream of being a Marine. So it ends up being a flip of their dreams because Marines don't like pirates, but Luffy's a different kind of pirate. And it, it's very funny because you, you, what I've, he says over and over again, I'm Monkey B. Luffy and I'm going to be king of the pirates. And, it's a, it gets annoying, I'll admit that, but it's not to the point of like an anime or a Believe It Naruto. Yes, you get that kind of thing, but it's almost treated the same way like from early Arrow, when it's you have failed this city. It's, 
I'm Monkey D. Luffy. I'm going to be king of the pirates. And it's not taken as like a, let's go, you guys. Let's go. It's a, I'm going to be king of the fucking pirates. Like, I'm being serious. This is going to happen. And you kind of go like, wow. It's a, it's always mostly a motivational speaker situation. That being said, this is a fucked up show if you're going to take your kids to see it. Because there's blood. Uh... There is uh, bare ass. There's fucks and shit thrown all over the place. Buggy says, what's up, motherfuckers? And it's just great. <laughs> uh, something for the adults and the kids. Because it, it, theoretically, it follows the same sort of Marvel Power Rangers thing. Exposition, fight sequence. Exposition, fight sequence. Exposition, fight sequence. You're going to, but each of the people have their own fighting style. Sanji, of course, uses more kicks. Zoro is more sword fighting. Uh, Monk Luffy is more of a punch and a headbutt kind of thing. Uh, and you kind of see that in the fight sequences, which makes it kind of unique in each and every one of them. Uh, to me, this is one that's actually one that's worth actually watching because of the way they interpret it in anime is actually pretty faithful to like what it looks like what it sounds like the characters how they act and additionally it still follows kind of the thematics of what that anime and manga are all about so it's easy to digest if you don't like anime you could enjoy one piece and the problem i have is it's going to be fucking four years until we probably see a season two because that's how Netflix runs things. They don't really do two seasons at the same time back to back. So what you're going to see is some sort of like, um, you're going to end up seeing something along the lines of like, they're going to time skip or something, or ooh, you're finally going to get Chopper and Frankie and all those gang, and they're going to time skip again, and they're going to time skip again, because eventually Luffy's actor is not going to look like a 19-year-old. He's going to look like a 30-year-old. But we still have to pretend he's, like, in his 20s. And that's going to be tough. Because that's the biggest problem you have with these kind of shows is when you kind of delay productions in all these seasons because that's how streamings work. You kind of just have to disillusion yourself. For instance, Stranger Things. I... 100% believe they dropped the ball on Stranger Things. I like Stranger Things, but I hate the fact that, one, they're like in their fourth season and these kids are now pretty much 25, 26, but they still have to be in high school age. It's kind of just that kind of, but they're now having like little facial hair. It's kind of awkward. And people clearly don't want to be on the show anymore because they've already have a career taking off. Millie Bobby Brown. That it becomes this sort of, I don't know if this is really good. And to follow that up, I hate the, the PR teams at Stranger Things and One Piece. I, I like the shows. I like them both. But I kind of hate that they're trying to Jimmy Fallon game them like the gang are all best friends and they all hang out on weekends having picnics and let's play two truths and a lie and let's play this game would you rather be a pirate or a ninja no fuck no it's it's a, it's the kind of things that's sort of like 
these are people who went to acting school and it's like they, 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 they took on the role because an agent probably told them it'd be a good cast for them it's an IP you would end up getting you might end up with legacy casting in the process and they have to now have to sell not just the show but the characters that they play and now they have to reinterpret who they are personally as the characters on these shows. So now they have to be that little bit of, I hate to say fake, but now you have to be the character around the clock. So now, like, you you, you have to be Luffy. The poor actor has to be Luffy. The poor guy has to be Zoro and, and Sanji. And they have to be all the silly. Even if that's not who they are, even if they have a different accent, that's just how they have to be because that's the way fandoms work is then you have to headcanon well they're exactly like the character it's like teen wolf and the, the, the guy is exactly like styles not everybody can do supernatural kids I, i'm sorry i just i i don't i like su i liked supernatural i didn't love it but not everything has to be a fandom situation where, like, everyone can be Jansen Ackles. And he has to be that character 24-7. It's just, no. If that's the case, you're going to freak the fuck out if you see Michael Chiklis. He's not the gruff guy from The Shield. He's a funny guy. He's a wonderful, light-headed guy. And that's why they have celebrity game shows. So that breaks the mold of what they do. Anyway, how's it going? <laughs> so, One Piece is a recommendation. Additionally, I watched the entirety of How To with John Wilson. I I love John Wilson, and I, I'm glad it's gone. That's it. Uh, if I want to expand on it, How To with John Wilson was great because it was an internet show. John Wilson basically had these fun little videos. I uploaded them on Vimeo and on his personal channel. There's like these mini documentaries that was basically how to John Wilson, but like 10 minutes long. And it's similar. It's let's film weird shit, talk, weird shit, talk, weird shit, talk. And eventually people kind of found out, and maybe this is why it's good it's gone. The found footage just happens to be there has either been stunted like oh it's someone else recorded that all along because they have like 20 people with cameras or it's faked like the flooded toilet which was referenced in the season oh no the second to last episode of how to with john wilson and uh other sort of things like the stouffer's mac and cheese sticker collection um those were all stunts those are all pre-packaged things for what it's a documentary but also reality show it's it's cool it's a fun comedy thing because he has that sort of awkwardness that i kind of like in a lot of alt comedy he has that same level of like you you root for the guy as you do joe para when joe para talks to you it's uh to me one of the more delightful shows but once you fin you found the format of the show you kind of just know about it and you just want to end it and i think it's glad that john wilson ended it early before it became common that you know what the format is and this last season was basically just a perfect encapsulation of just him as a person he has a successful hbo show but he's not famous 
and no one believes him. And it's kind of, he's not really a celebrity. And even though he's at the Emmys, he's not really liked. So he ends up beating himself up and he ends up kind of, basically overlying arches. He lies to people. He's, uh, he's cruel to his real friends because he's too focused on the show. That it becomes a sort of secondary storyline throughout the season of John Wilson being a piece of shit and kind of self-reflecting on that. To me, that's what makes it a good show. Obviously, they could have probably done like 20 seasons of it, but I think for John Wilson, he it's it's best if it's just found footage. I could see this being more of an internet series than a HBO series these days. Um, but you don't need a big ass crew for something like this, unless you really want to continue the weird characters around New York bit. Uh, but my life with Superman also came to an end uh recently and that's an animated version of superman and i don't know if i reviewed this yet but i would say it's a really good cartoon uh me they they kind of had the perfect arch for how lois and and clark meet up and superman and there's deathstroke and all this good stuff it it's worth it it's a worthwhile thing and the best throwaway line at the season finale and i'll spoil that fucking show i don't care is uh, Jimmy Olsen at Thanksgiving dinner is like, hey, how's that Flamebird thing coming along? Which is like his YouTube channel. Oh, I just sold it to the Daily Planet for $5.6 million. I'm a rich guy now. <laughs> and it just, uh, what? <laughs> and they don't address it anymore afterwards. It's great. Additionally, Harley Quinn this season, I, I will say has been okay. They've, in, they've incorporated Nightwing a lot more into it, more like a secondary character. They've gotten into the butt stuff joke constantly. And you know what? I'm fine with the butt stuff. stuff. It's funny seeing people get pissed off online. Like, oh, he's more than just an ass. Stop making ass jokes about Nightwing. He's a serious vigilant. Are you, have you not figured out Harley Quinn's the focus here, not the Bat family? <laughs> The idea he has the the best interpretation of Nightwing is in Harley Quinn because it's basically this guy who wants to do good and is so cocky he's he gets up he basically trips on his own bullshit and then because he gets tripped up he ends up having like crises in his own head like oh no I'm a failure I fucked up they're all gonna hate me and all it, it's perfect it's a perfect Nightwing because that's more like me but it, it's really good and and i know they can only do so much with the uh ivy harley romance option with the joker um but i will say though it, it's still a good show in its fourth season i do think maybe next season should be the finale on that especially if they're going to do a batman animated series reboot uh so that reminds me uh Adult animation sucks. I, I, I have you ever explained that? I mean, I like Bob's Burgers. I like The Simpsons. But, like, South Park, kind of liked as a kid, but not really these days. And it's not because of the woke. The woke. I'm woke now, and I don't like the jokes. And I don't like, like, 
there's a new show called Crapopolis coming soon on Fox, and there's um, what is it? What's that one show? Uh, the Devil Girl, the one that's uh, that uh, Danny DeVito's daughter has, and a few Adult Swim shows. I a lot of adult animation is wasted potential. I hate it because it's wasted potential. Yes, you can do like nonsense shows like Aquating Hunger Force and Sea Lab. I like those shows. You have really cool elevated things like Saturday Morning All Star Hits. Uh, one of the more recent shows I kind of actually digged was uh, was uh, Moonbeam Kingdom on Comedy Central with Rob Lowe. Uh, and no Moonbeam Moon City. Moonbeam City. Because uh, there's a cool aesthetic, almost like Archer, and Archer's a great show. And you get sort of these bizarre, like, what's the future like? And you have, like, these bizarre worlds, kind of like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty has that same level of, like, I'm above this. And I, that's what I don't like about adult animation. A lot of it's just the I'm above this. Family Guy is just, hey, you're going to do a co joke now? Yeah, Lois, I am. Or if it's Rick and Morty, it's, well, it's okay, Morty. We're just going to just break this up, and I'm going to strand, and we're going to keep doing this, because that's what we do. Because we're going to fight all the time. Also, there's an alien. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, God, there's an alien. What the shit? Fuck, I need fuck shit. Big Mouth is one of the worst adventures of that. I think the last one I did like was BoJack Horseman on Netflix. Um, because they finished the story but you don't really give a shit. And no one's talking about it anymore, so it must not be a good show. Um, so to me, it's just sort of a wasted opportunity. And a lot of animation in that adult sphere could go into weirdness. Like, Metalocalypse is having a resurgence because it's a it's essentially a heavy metal band and then you kind of see like the antics of them and it's sometimes a little bit silly because death metal and something cute or death metal and then something just ridiculous like a little cat cow run over or something it, there's this level of hilarity that comes with it and i don't really see it that often anymore a lot of the, the punchline is fuckity fuck shit what the fuck or that sort of what the what I keep calling the workaholics white uh, whiteboard uh, because to me I, I, the thing I always go to is when workaholics on Comedy Central the writers had a forbidden list of lines to put on and they put it on a whiteboard in the right and the and the characters aren't allowed to say any of these lines and they're all of those passe lines that you see on the internet all the time like well that just happened uh take things that never happened for 500 alex uh check please that, that those kind of lines uh that just happened and you just sort of like i hate them like i get it like those are easy cutaway lines but they don't really add much to the plot or character development. It's just sort of nonsensical in a way that is just sort of arbitrary throwaway line for the sake of we need the character to say something. And in adult animation, 80% of the jokes is that whiteboard. It's still that fucking whiteboard. 
It's just now you throw fuck or you go, yeah, well, fuck you. And that's it. It's... It's just sort of just... Uh, when it comes to cartoons, you can do so much. You can go into, like, other universes. You can make it more of a drama. You can make it a little serious. You can make it more silly. And... You can go into adult. You can go into adult and make it perfectly 18 or over because people are adults and they have their own situations. And most adult animation still falls into the... Well, we know this is going to... Let's pretend it's on network television and when we say it's adult, it's really going to be for edgy 13-year-olds. So let's have, like, drawn together. They're flip. Oh, wow, they're showing tits and they're showing butts and they're going to say, I'm gay and have the effeminate gay guy. They go through all the fucking stereotypes that come along with cartoons instead of what is essentially what I've always assumed animation to be. I'm not an anime. I'm not an animation expert by any stretch. And honestly, what I'm basically explaining is watch a fucking Japanese anime if you want serious. Um, but animation is supposed to be, even though it's a little pricey, it's still cheaper to imagine someone's script in an animation form because you can go through time and space. You can age, de-age, you can alternate universe, you can go through Elseworlds and create all of these cool landscapes through animation that would be cheaper to do than essentially a building out a set or trying to CGI a set and putting it on a green screen which is most shows um, and because you can elevate and adapt with animation you can do a lot more in that field but you can't if the whole premise is just going to be a, a shit family comedy or what is essentially an animated equivalent of the caveman uh, the Geico caveman sitcom Oh, that's the caveman from the Kaiko ass. That's a sick. That's what most animation is. Or, or it's uh, what was it? What was that one that was the live action uh, Seth MacFarlane show, the, the the Losers or something? Just it's like that. Anyway, the best one was King of the Hill because at least they were able to make fun of that that kind of aspect through Bobby Hill's mannerisms. Well, at the same time, you can relate to almost every character one way or another. Uh, so, oh yeah, the new Spy is also good. Check it out. It's on Paramount Plus. Uh, so, that has been what I've been watching. I haven't been playing much video games, as I've said. Uh, I've been mostly watching YouTube videos and listening to podcasts. Uh, the one I've been really listening to is Guys with Brian Quimby. Uh, I've also been listening to Curators with, uh, with Jeremy and Alex. And Cheap Show, uh, which I explained in an earlier uh, episode. I've still been doing that. Um, so, uh, one last thing I want to really uh, go into, because why not, is, uh, again, we are in this weird world of, like, just, just as this whole... Social media that's, I think, broken. I think we can all agree on that, right? X is, Twitter X is Elon Musk. He's an anti-Semitic racist asshole, but he's rich. Uh, 
Reddit has become a flaming mess too, with moderators quitting. You have Facebook, which is still the boomer minion meme delays. TikTok, which is now Sledge Central. You just get all this like subway surfers overlaid a podcast overlay five seconds of a movie and you're trying to make sense of it all and youtube is still hot shit and i mean like hot steaming garbage shit not hot shit like the best there is good shows out there if you look for them but they're hard to find and i'm still kind of giving up i there are days where i just look at this go this is I I it it sucks that I have to end up watching a uh, fucking rerun of a game show from the 80s than this but uh, it's fine it's fine uh, it's it's just it it, it you watch Japanese commercials, you watch game show reruns, you watch things like Cash Jordan from time to time, you watch things like Page and Mr. Morrow, trying to feel happy. And it's still a very miserable place because every third video is like, recommended for you, uh, fucking asswipes review the Barbie movie and you don't know who the hell these are. It's not like regular media. And you're just like, these are, Okay, so who did I follow and subscribe to led me to this shitty wormhole? And you have to clear out your history and try and figure out who are they related to and then get rid of it. All the drama YouTube. All the, uh, let's find a way to shit on Mr. Beast, even though I, I think there are still more dangerous people out there. I just think he wastes his money and I think he's going to burn out real quick. And that's going to be really sad the day that happens. Um, it's 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 frustrating. I'll say it's been very very frustrating. Giant bomb is shit. I I don't who giant what happened to a giant bomb? I used to be like every week like oh man on professional Fridays oh shit demo derby. Jeff is here, and, and we have all these... And it's not enjoyable. It's like dads trying to do the dumb bullshit jokes. Like it's G4, and they're going to eat gross stuff or do punishments. And it, I think they turned it into Barstool for gaming and it's really embarrassing so you end up watching Jeff Gersman's show you end up looking at Nexlander and you go oh well this is much better uh, and you just sort of just go why why is this a thing the, the people there can easily just spin off and do better things right now I'm not learning anything about video games and I don't think they want to educate people on video games I don't think they want to do early giant bomb which is the um quick looks where it's just hey here's a game here's what we kind of think if it's worth the purchase or not they don't fucking do that anymore it used to be it wasn't focused on the big new game like baldur's gate or let's focus on uh starfield 
it's the focus is like hey here's this weird uh board game game that we saw and hey here is this weird fmv game we saw and hey here's this quirky connect game and that's not there anymore and it's not like the games don't exist there's still hundreds of games out every day on the steam marketplace so it's just a little bit confusing gaming content to me has just gotten a little bit terrible uh for me i watch chef gersman mostly because of his retro game playing and his energy drink reviews you should drink rain inferno jeff the red dragon flavor guaranteed top 30 all right and other than that it's all been fast channels there is a no parents allowed channel on Pluto TV that's become Nick Gas, where you can watch reruns of Legends of the Hidden Temple for free. Or Guts for free. Additionally, there is Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Pluto TV, and you can watch that anytime on demand, and that includes the newest seasons that they pay they ask you to pay $40 an episode for, essentially. Well, there's also Riff Tracks and other cool content fast channels are weird limitless win a game show that i talked about non-stop on game shows i suppose isn't the uk the first season is on i think pluto tv and you can watch that right now it, it gets me a little excited for what lies ahead in terms of fast channels being maybe where we go and set a cable and network television Maybe what they'll do is make local channels into fast channels and leave it as that. But uh, it's fun. And it's very interesting to see what's happening with Pluto and what's happening with Tubi. And I know a lot of people in the industry is focused on that too. In addition to streaming shows, I still think creator-owned things like Nebula and Dropout are the future. So it's, it's great to see cool ideas follow through that may help people uh, watch cool things. It's one thing to um, enjoy uh, old stuff. It's another thing to want to see new things. But the thing I've noticed, noticed the most is that people really get pissed off about schedule blocks at Nickelodeon because it's 18 hours of SpongeBob these days. That's just the way it is because they're trying to promote Paramount+. Plus. Uh, the days of a cartoon block are pretty much over. You have to make your own. I've said this, I think, first episode. Saturday morning cartoons were great. And I, I, the problem is Saturday morning cartoons for kids don't really exist anymore. I, I, For about two weeks now, I've been asking the internet and barely finding anything. Hey... What Saturday morning cartoons are you watching? What's the cool cartoons kids are watching these days that could fill a block? And what I got is the Owl House. And and what I've gotten is just like like things that are already on Cartoon Network. There can't be a new Fox Kids, for instance. There can't be a new Kids WB. Because CW is the thing. But it, so there is nothing for kids on Saturday morning. So what do kids do on Saturday morning? They watch YouTube videos or something. Or they fall asleep or they wake up and play games. Who cares? It's over. That Saturday morning block is no more. 
so I, I'm trying to figure out, is there a way you can create a little children's block for two hours, new episodes, rotate that around? Do people still want to watch Voltron or She-Ra or um, Carbon San Diego on Netflix? I do not know. Um, and for me, game shows. I want to see the the uh, hub version of Beat the Clock again, but I can't find an episode. I'll still be looking around, though. Uh, lastly, uh, this is the last piece of information, Taskmaster. Taskmaster, I have I've, I did a whole guide. I've reviewed over 500 game shows. I have a link somewhere. I think it's online. I think it's on my Discord, where I review, I think now almost 700 game shows. Taskmaster is a 5 out of 5 show. I love the New Zealand version. I love Australia's version. I love the UK version. But they're oversaturating Taskmaster in the UK if they're going to do a fucking foodie version. And I hate that they're doing all of these trendy bullshit things that don't mean anything. Deal or no deal island. We could just do a regular deal or no deal, but why don't we just put on an island? Because islands are trendy, like Love Island. Paradise Hotel is on an island. Hey, Stranded on an island. All these kind of bullshit. Or you do drag queens. Or you do cooking. Or you do love. It, it, it's all lazy bullshit. And I just would rather see cool new formats. Uh, one that I saw recently, even though I love Traders. Traders, by the way, hot new format, won the National Television Awards. Um... There's this new show that I saw called like, like, it was like what they call it, Fortune Hotel. And the idea is that there's ten couples and they get a briefcase. One is a check for a quarter million dollars and one is a checkout card. And every week there's a challenge to determine what you see in your envelope and who has what. And then you can kind of do your social engineering ways that you want to keep the grand prize in your collection while avoiding the checkout card because that means you're eliminated. And it keeps going from there, which I think is a really cool idea because it's kind of like a uh, swap around kind of game show mixed with a white elephant that might make for an interesting reality show game. Uh, I saw that in the works. and I think that might be a really cool idea. Um, but what we're seeing is things that are just Love Island or let's get 100 people and do a battle royale because Squid Games and Fortnite and not like let's reboot one versus 100 or let's do a, a really interesting take on a cooking show we have to do a cooking show that's just like everything else we're going to cook with easy bake ovens you're going to pay for ingredients there's so many things you can do with cooking shows I think you can there, there could be cooler formats out there and it just annoys the shit out of me just like how it annoys the shit out of me there's no Saturday morning cartoons what do these two have in common don't fucking know I kind of got derailed at the end there but the point is that we are stuck in lazy ideas on mainline networks cool ideas by actual creators if you look hard enough and through the mid, through somewhere in the middle, I hate to say in the middle, I feel like a fence sitter. There is hope if we look for it. Um, and for kids, I, 
I want to know what the fuck the kids will be watching in like 10 years time when there's no Saturday morning cartoons and every one of the dads are just like, yeah, I remember fucking the, the fucking four kids TV with one piece instead of the one piece live action on Netflix. That's all. I think there's cool things, but you're gonna have to have like a crunchy roll account or something. Anyway, that's that's about it for me. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, eat some food, have a good time, or whatever. Anyway, that's gonna be it for today's episode. This is Jordan Haas signing off. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care.